0: Welcome back to AHP. Thank you for joining me. I do appreciate your time today in the 2016 federal election AHP special. I'm talking to the Australian Country Party's Robert Danielli. I had a really, really good chat with Robert, actually. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, We talked about things uh, that are affecting farmers in the agricultural regions and things like um, you'd be surprised that you actually export things out of the country to be processed and then exported back into the country to be resold to Australians actually is cheaper than getting it processed here. I mean, you would not believe it. It's just absolutely unbelievable. Uh, we talk about things in our agricultural regions, such as you know the cost of water and the importance of water. Uh, we also talk about firearms laws. We talk about things like self-defense, you know, semi-autos, all these types of different things, which is a really, really enjoyable conversation. Uh, I had with Robert. Uh, Don't forget the Australian Country Party was formerly Country Alliance and they are running uh, candidates at the 2016 federal election. Uh, The the information is there for you guys, again, to disseminate uh, amongst yourselves or your friends to see if uh, the Australian Country Party suits uh your particular needs in regards to what you want to be advocated for uh depending on what you're in farmers may listen to this show gun owners may listen to this show fishermen may listen to this show and it gives everyone a well-rounded uh, idea of what the australian country party stands for uh, very very enjoyable podcast i hope you guys enjoy it so without further ado let's get into my interview with the australian country party's robert danielli
1: This is Rod Drew, CEO of Field and Game Australia
0: This is Rob Fickling from Beyond the Divide
1: and Morocco 30 Hi, this is Col Allison, hunter, journalist for 42 years and a shooter Hi, this is Russell Mark, Olympic gold medalist
2: This is Charlie Jacoby from Field Sports Britain Hey everybody, it's Tom Knapp and you're listening to the Australian Hunting Podcast
0: Robert Danielli, thank you for joining me here on the Australian Hunting Podcast, representing the Australian Country Party. Thank you.
1: Thanks for the opportunity, Jason.
0: No worries. Uh, We just had a bit of a chat off air. I made a bit of a goose of myself. Uh, I referred to it as Country Alliance, so I guess the first question we might ask is, it's now the Australian Country Party, so tell us what happened in regards to that.
1: Well, Jason, uh, the name change was uh, a fair while in, in coming. It was before the 2014 election state election that uh, we uh, realized that there was a bit of confusion about what alliance actually meant and uh, we had already changed our name from country Alliance to Australian country Alliance and it just seemed a natural progression that we would change to Australian country party um, because our policies basically are designed to represent country people. Uh, with um, uh, with things like recreation, which is what country people do—shooting, fishing, camping, boating, four-wheel driving—but it also reflects our other policies, uh, which um, are there to protect uh, regional and rural Australians, uh, farmers, and so forth. So uh, it was just a natural, a natural name change, and we finally got it through both federally and states earlier this year.
0: Excellent, mate. I guess tell us about yourself, a uh, bit of history uh, for people that I guess don't know who you are.
1: Well, I'm a 60-year-old um, a um, business owner. I'm, I've got a stock feed manufacturing business in Kyabrum, which is in northeast Victoria. Uh, I've been doing that for about 21 years. Um, I'm a, um, you know, very active in many community groups. Um, I write a couple of articles for the local paper every month, Um, very involved uh, for a number of years now in in political issues, and uh, I'm currently the chairman of the Australian Country Party.
0: Uh, Mate, how did you originally get into, I guess, the outdoor activities? Was it something your family did growing up, you know, your dad, grandfather, or anything like that?
1: Well, I grew up in northeast Victoria in a little town called Alexandra. And my dad was a keen shooter. Uh, my older brother, a uh, keen shooter, keen fisherman. and it just became a natural progression that you know I started off um, you know going ferreting. Uh, and when I was old enough, uh, started uh, borrowing a friend's uh, gun to shoot and started shooting rabbits and foxes and uh, have been a keen fisherman, fly fishing. Um, fishing for redfin in Lake Gildon And um, yeah, just
0: uh, something that I really enjoy What do you enjoy to hunt and fish? What's your, what's your sort of go-to? What does Robert enjoy?
1: Well, I'm, uh, I'm still a rabbit shooter Still a fox shooter um, I enjoy my, enjoy my duck shooting um, Enjoy the quail when they're around And um, every now and then shoot, we go out and, and get a couple of hares um, so virtually anything, um, I'm not into the big game, but I, you know, we, we have gone up to New South Wales and, and shot some pigs um, with some high power rifles, but um, uh, most of it is just either duck shooting, quail, rabbits uh, and some foxes.
0: Yeah, I notice has been especially just recently with the Andrews government. There's been lots of uh, you know uh, non-release of the duck hunting season. You know in Victoria, how do you think it's been with the Labor Party, especially surrounding duck hunting? you know, you know there was good support from the I guess the Napthine government, etc. Uh, what do you think about this new government?
1: Um, well, look, unfortunately, uh, there's a lot of elements within that government that are, are trying to stop duck uh, hunting. And um, usually uh, they use ridiculous reasons. And um, so, look, I'm, I'm glad that there is uh, a season this year, uh reduced uh, bag limit. Um, OK, we've got to live with that, but uh, at least we're still able to, uh, you know, do the same thing, catch up with your mates, go out and, uh, and shoot a few birds, take them home, um, you know, freeze them, eat them. Um, and enjoy you know the season Uh, so I'm I'm still glad I'm just really worried that there are are some you know diverse elements within the Labor Party that are are really playing into the Greens hands and and trying to ban duck
2: season.
0: Uh, It's pretty disappointing I mean there's been gradual progression I think from the Greens you know building up uh, in Victoria especially over the last probably 10 years I mean they're they're getting each election that goes by they're getting more and more people in Parliament.
1: Well, look, uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure how much longer they'll uh, keep doing that. I think people um, will ultimately wake up that they um, some of their ideas are pretty um, nonsensical, and um, <laughs> you know, trying to impose um, you know this idealistic sort of ideas uh, right throughout the country. I mean, a lot of people. Um, in the Greens movement, probably haven't even been beyond the botanical gardens, so uh, they really haven't got an idea of what actually happens up here in in country Victoria. So, um, you know, I think people need to take less, um, you know, notice of of the Greens, um, have a have a real look throughout all their policies. You know, don't don't just go for the touchy-feely aspect. Just have a look at what they really stand for. Are they an economically sound party? Are they there to represent people, or are they there destroying the jobs, industry, and, and people's livelihoods? Um, and I think you'll get a surprise if you really have a look at what they uh, what they actually represent.
0: So, what do you enjoy? If you only had to pick one species you were out hunting, what would it be? If you, your number one species? If you only hunt one species again, or one type of game, what what would it be? Oh,
1: Look, I really enjoy quail quail season, but um, you know, very hard to strike. Um, you know a a season that's really good we were fortunate probably about 5 years ago we had an absolute booming uh, season up here because we had a very delayed grain harvest and um a lot of crops remained uh, unharvested until about march or or april or may even and um and we just had a boom uh, a boom season so um, I really enjoy that. So, you know, if uh, if it was possible to get numbers all the time, I'd, I'd just love to uh, to shoot quail.
0: <laughs> do you like eating the quail?
1: We do. That's. Uh, I don't shoot anything. I I don't eat apart from foxes, of course. So, no, I wouldn't shoot them if I wasn't going to eat them.
0: Rob, tell us about the Australian country party. Um, what? I mean, obviously, hunting, shooting, and fishing is a big part of this show. So, what sort of core values i guess of the australian country party represents you know uh, the people of victoria in these aspects of things they enjoy doing by getting out you know into the great outdoors is it a big part of the australian country party
1: well jason you'd have to say it's, it's our roots of the party um you know we were formed as the as country alliance back in 2006 that was the first election contested and I'd say that the recreation side of the party was virtually 90% of, of what the party stood for. So anything to do with uh, the rights of people to enjoy their recreation, and that covers, like I said, um, shooting, fishing, uh, camping, four-wheel driving, bushwalking, um, access to national parks, um, you know, access to state forest, um, that that's a significant part, and it remains a significant part. We will never lose, the, you know, where we came from, and we will um, certainly fight for the uh, the rights of people to to pursue those um, sports and recreations. Mm.
0: Mate, tell, I guess, tell us about the, the roots of the party, I guess, who formed it, obviously coming from Country Alliance, the Country Party, you know, tell us what was the core reason that the that the party was started, why did people want to create a, a political party, there's a lot out there at the moment, um, what what could, you know, Country Alliance, now the Australian Country Party, offer people in those rural areas?
1: Jason, it's not unique, you know, like you said, there are a lot of parties out there, and and usually the reasons are the same. You know, there's something that that triggers uh, a response that, that you know you're not being represented uh, the way that you like to be represented. Um, and uh, in country in the Country Alliance uh, startup, um, we had people like Russ Bates, uh, Russ Pearson, uh, Neil Jenkins, I think Miles Hodge, and I think Tony Lean. That's sort of stretching. Uh, you know, I wasn't around at that stage, but I think they were they were the guys that were originally there. Um, the idea of the alliance was, I, I suppose, um, they saw that the Greens were were becoming a bit more influential in politics, and uh, from right across the 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 um, you know the all the other parties, um, you know, Labor, Liberal, National Party. Uh, apart from Green's interest um, people that wanted to um, prevent the Greens from uh, getting uh, a foothold and and controlling people's rights to fish and shoot and and so forth Um, that's why these people banded together to try to counteract what was happening with with Green's policy in terms of shooting and fishing and recreation and, and other pursuits
0: Yeah. It seems a bit disappointing every time I look, you know, we were speaking about this before we came on the air, that, you know, the Greens keep on building, you know, and it's hard to get that, you know, that shooting, hunting, or fishing, or outdoor recreation, or rural Victoria vote up, isn't it? It's kind of, you know, being, you know, I guess from Melbourne, you know, these up-and-coming uni students that want free photocopying, et cetera. How, How do we combat the Greens? How do we combat, I mean, being lovers of the outdoors, Uh, what can we do to combat those greens? I guess that's my question.
1: Look, it's a really hard one, Jason. I I mean, educating people in the city, um, you know, there's a lot of people in the city that actually, you know, are shooters and and fishermen and like going four-wheel driving and camping. But, um, you know, the the greater majority don't understand um, a lot about those uh, pursuits. And um you know, things that are promoted as being cruel and um, unnecessary and and so forth in, in various uh, you know right I suppose right from uh, uh, early days in schooling and and how the media sort of grabs onto certain things. Uh, it is a tough one to to try to educate people that you know these are legitimate pursuits, you know they they are controlled, um, they are regulated. Um, you know it's not uh, a bunch of yobbos going out sort of uh, uh, you know doing you know bad things out there and um, it's it's certainly in in the country uh, it serves a great purpose to be able to um, to go and control certain animal species and um uh, and you know city people just don't understand that you know the foxes is is probably a classic one where you see foxes everywhere at the moment you'll see them in every melbourne suburb um they look cute but gee, they, they're they the you know number one you know destroyer of, of native animals especially ground dwelling birds and um and they're a very cruel animal you know when they uh, attack young lambs being born and um you know so you know if you don't know that uh, country people the majority of country people understand that and that's why uh, you know there's a little bit of a difference so i think it would come back to a, a bit of education a bit of um of fairness in what is presented to to kids rather than just one side um, which is unfortunately uh, often the case mate
0: mm. at least you don't have the sydney fox rescue robert down there you know <laughs> we got sydney fox rescue where they try and you know, rehome foxes and into pens, into people's backyards. You know what I mean? So uh,
1: we try on. to re we, we try to rehome them into the afterlife.
0: <laughs> Good one, nice one, uh, mate. Mate, tell us uh, currently who's involved with the uh, Australian Country Party? Who's involved right now? And uh, a supplementary question to that: How did you get involved?
1: All right, um, probably won't give you the full committee, but um, you know we have a, a board uh, I'm the chairman. Uh, The Vice Chairman is Gary Kerr, he's from down in that Anglesey uh, area, and our Secretary Darren Cooper, and we've got a Treasurer, Russell Couston, and we've got a number of other committee people. But um, uh, they've they've all got an interest in the, the political scene, they've all got the same passion of uh, you know, looking after people's rights and interests and, and protecting rural values and, um, you know, fair trade and, and lots of other British. issues that affect uh, country people. Um, how did I get involved? Uh, I was... Um, I actually ran for another party back in the, um, the 2014 state election and that particular party was uh, talking to Country Alliance because we had a, a, a large overlap of policy, and there was a, a discussion before that election of, of uh, basically joining together. Um, after that election, um, my my Victorian party um, decided that the best thing to do would be to amalgamate with Country Alliance, and um, so we, we uh, started... More conversations, and finally, um, you know, we, we integrated with Country Alliance.
0: Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Yeah. And how did you how did you get involved? With it? Is that how you got involved with it? Obviously, by amalgama, amalgamation.
1: Um, I got involved. Um, I was approached, um, you know, with the with previous by the previous chairman, and um, you know, we had lots of discussions. You know, we understood that we we had so much in common. Uh, uh, I became chairman. Um, bef- just after the last state election because uh, our, our previous chairman had some health issues. And um, so I took over the reins uh, then. And um, But I suppose I have got a, a, an interest in, in fairness. And when you see people that should be representing you, and I, I'd, I'd probably say this, um, Jason, that a lot of people within our party... Um, if the other some of the major parties were actually doing the right thing, we wouldn't be here, um, especially in country victoria you know a lot of our members are quite disappointed with the nationals how they represent um, represent us and um, and that's why you know people got involved you know because when you don't see the other parties uh, doing the right thing um, that spur you know eventually uh, a lot of people are spurred on to get involved themselves
0: yeah do you think the uh, national party represent the interests of rural people or not really
1: unfortunately they've certainly become uh, you know an arm of the liberal party you know look you can't you can't put it any other way um, you know many many years ago maybe 40 years ago uh, they had a lot more fire in their valley and they stood stood strong and um, and you know weren't compromised but i think you know, a lot of the things that they um, they do now, they uh, they don't want to rock the boat. They they want to protect their own fleet the or the their money, own interests. Mm. <laughs> but, you know, look, uh, in saying that, look, the, the, you know, if you look at their policies, um, we have a number of policies that overlap the nationals. But the only thing is we intend to execute those policies, not... Um, you know not compromise them away
0: how can the australian country party represent my interests in going into the outdoors to own firearms to you know go quail shooting duck shooting uh to to fish you know in some of those rural you know awesome places where you can fish how can how can the australian country party represent my interests
1: Jason, look, we at this point in time, you know, we don't have any bums on seats in Parliament. Okay, that's the that's the our biggest problem. But um, we weren't far away. We were 167 votes away last election in getting someone uh, there. Um, hopefully, we can build um, both on in the federal election and in the next state election. Um, uh, But what you can be confident about is that we are out there representing you regardless of whether you understand we are out there. Um, We are very strong lobbyists. Um, We are currently involved in in many issues. Um, We've been uh, looking at forestry uh, issues, um, running around meeting um, lots and lots of people on that one, Uh, you know, the national parks you know we don't want any more national parks um they can't manage the ones they've got and a lot of a lot of the ones they've got uh, gee I, I was horrified to go back up to lake Ilden. a few months ago i, I spent seven years um, part-time working up there as a as a park ranger and um, my goodness that he's just gone to rack and ruin and it's so dangerous i mean it's now become a fire trap and this is what what's happening. You know, under the guise of um, let's make another, another national park, it's this um, garbage-type policy of locking and leaving. You know, making it inaccessible and and you know not allowing people to actually utilise the um, uh, national parks and state forests. And all that all that's happening is it it goes out of control. Weeds everywhere, feral animals everywhere. Um, they, it becomes a, a real nightmare issue and. Um, you know when they say they want to protect the environment. Well, you know the next fire season. Uh, you know, let's see what happens. It's very unfortunate that this is what's going on.
2: It's that time of year again, and Huntfest is just around the corner. Huntfest is Naruma's premier hunting exhibition on the New South Wales south coast. Huntfest is on this June long weekend, so don't miss out by getting your tickets early. If you want to be an exhibitor at Huntfest, then call Danfield on 02 4473 7035. Visit huntfest.com.au for more information. Huntfest, the place to be in 2016.
1: G'day, Turbo here from the Noob Spiro podcast where we talk all things spearfishing. So if you love your hunting and you love your fishing, you're going to love spearfishing as well. So check us
2: out at the Noob Spiro podcast or visit us online at noobspero.com.
1: One of the awesome experiences that you can have when you are in the water, and that's why I started spearfishing. Don't overcomplicate your gear. Don't go dotting dressed up like a Christmas tree. (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's a whole new world, and it's mysterious, it's magical. Beats the shit out of knitting anyway. Oh, Yeah. Uh, in in Victoria, we see um, you know emergence of different parties as well. Uh, L- Liberal Democrats, LDP, uh, Shooters and Fishers Party, etc. How does you know the Australian Country Party differ from those particular parties that offer? You know, there's probably a little bit of overlap in some of the policies as well. Obviously, we know the SFP did some did some great preferences. Well,
1: it's on face value, Jason. You, you okay? Shooter, shooters and Fishers, okay. We'll take take those guys on. Um, you know, i I've, I've, I've met with. Um, with the boys, I've I've actually gone pheasant shooting with Daniel, and uh, you know the, the, he's a good guy. Um, it's it's just the, the the variation of policies. You know we we have got um, you know shooting and fishing is is just one part of our uh, of what we represent. You know we uh, um, you know we're looking at things like uh, water policy. Irrigation and water is a humongous issue uh, up here right along the river and um you know communities and farmers are, are certainly being um affected very badly um we're looking at things like c s g mining you know we're we're the first party that came out and said no um you know and that farmers have a right to say no to any exploration on their on their land uh the right to farm issue um you know local government policy you know we've got you know we've got strong policy in so many areas, so we're not just a, a, a you know recreation party. We're a, you know we're, we've you know got a, so many you know we're virtually a, um, a an alternate to a you know probably a middle of the road um, uh, you know party.
0: Yeah, no, fantastic. Um, tell us if. Um Someone was to be elected from for the Australian Country Party. What would be, say, the general part of the committee as well? So what would be the top, say, two or three policies or the things, you know, getting into government that the Australian Country Party would push first?
1: Uh, well, it depends whether it's a federal, federal issue or uh, whether it's a state issue. Um, uh,
0: let's say state, for a... an example, I guess, to start off with, I guess, yeah. Very
1: first thing, uh, well, there'll be a couple of things, but the, the first thing, like I indicated, is water. And, um, you know, you can, you know, I, I don't know if you've kept an eye on what's happening in Victoria, but up here along the Goulburn and Murray systems and going right across to South Australia and um, the amount of water that's been taken away and, and uh, put into an environmental uh, control, um, which they can't use. Um, water has been mm-hmm made into a commodity so anyone can own it. So we've got these international people buying our water and then trading it off and, and, you know, ripping our farmers uh, off. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, what has gone from $80 $80 a meg to $300 a meg this year. Um, We've got communities in the Menindee Lakes area, Broken Hill in New South, um, that have been their water has been taken away and put into the, the lower lakes uh, just because it was going to evaporate up in the Menindee Lakes. They've taken it down to the lower lakes so it can evaporate down there. And these poor buggers are without real quality drinking water at the moment. Um, and then you've got the um, all through the southern area, you know, the Grampians uh, water supply system, uh, which is, uh, you know, there's people missing out there. And then you've got the farmers down at... Backus marsh and Werribee that are struggling with water so water is a number one issue you know we all need water to live and uh, we need to stop this uh, rubbish that's going on uh, with looking at environmental impacts um, and you know and look at number one human need first uh, food production and we also have to be aware of the environment but you don't give the environment total precedence.
0: Yeah, exactly. I noticed when there was a lot. I was down in the rice fields this year, obviously hunting ducks under the mitigation permit. And you know, a lot of people weren't growing rice this year just due to the uh, price of water. It was hard to get their hands on water. Yeah,
1: exactly. And um, look, uh, it's it's not a, it's not a drought. They'd, they'd like to make you believe that it's a drought situation. That is certainly you know it's a lower rainfall uh, this year, but. Um, unfortunately we are now in a political drought and uh, that political drought has got to be corrected because we just can't... We can survive droughts, we can survive floods, but we can't survive bad politics.
0: Exactly right. What are some other ones you'd push for as well if uh, someone was elected from the Australian Country Party?
1: You know, one of the issues that affects everyone is local government. With uh, have uh, you know, before the last election, we, we had a, a local government policy where we were looking to uh, make local government more efficient and more accountable Um, the the current Labor Government has introduced this rate capping or is about to introduce the rate capping Um, unfortunately with rate capping it doesn't make someone efficient if you say you can only increase your rates by 2.5% that does not make the council uh, look at their own efficiencies what it does they'll start to cut services so uh, things like swimming pools um, with healthcare, care with um, you know meals and meals on wheels you know services that councils provide they'll look at start starting to cut those back rather than look at their own salary structure and how many staff they've got and are they doing the right thing and and the capital works projects—are they—are they actually um, efficiently managing all all that money? Um, so yeah, I, I think um, that would have to be uh, a high priority.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, what are some of the core, say, core policies of the Australian Country Party? What are say the top three or four of the main policies that uh, the Australian Country Party put forward?
1: I mean, it's that's a difficult one. As I said, <laughs> you know, we. Uh, it depends on um, on whether we're looking at, at federal or yep. uh, or state, but uh, we've got <coughs> agricultural policy, we've got yep. a, a a policy on the on a constitution, um, the constitutional recognition of of aboriginals, which is a, a bit of a topic there, but um, you know we've got foreign ownership, um, uh, imported food, you know food safety, yep. um, national security, we've got taxation policy um you know it, it becomes a bit boring i suppose um you know just talking policy but we have uh, things like uh, i mentioned the, the timber industry um, where we you know we're quite happy uh, to have a a viable timber industry um the only thing that we we don't like about um, things that are happening in the timber industry is is clear felling um and some of the Push from the green groups in terms of you know the lead you know we can't do this because the lead better possum and so forth. Well, you know we've uh, we've put in a proposal on on how to actually preserve um, habitat around lead better and with artificial habitat as well, um, and um, and still you know be able to manage our forest as a resource. Um, so, you know, law and order is, is one. You know, um, I suppose you're going to touch on shooting at some stage, but um, yeah. uh, we certainly have, um, you know, policy on, on law and order. And our own infrastructure, you know, this uh, rural Victoria is certainly being starved of things like a reliable uh, train service and, uh, and our health system up here certainly doesn't reflect the amount of money that's on a per capita basis that's spent in Melbourne. So, yeah, lots of lots of issues that we'd like to tackle.
2: Are you looking to buy a new or used firearm? Do you want to sell that safe queen to fund your next purchase? <laughs> then go to osgunsales.com. We have over 200 registered firearms dealers Australia-wide and thousands of shooters using the site daily. There are over 2,500 firearms listed, so you're certain to find exactly what you're looking for. We have over 50 years of firearms industry experience, including eight years online. So why wouldn't you advertise with us? The one and only genuine original Guns. Drop everything. The SSAA Shot Expo is coming, showcasing the shooting industry's commitment to ethical hunting and conservation. With safety seminars, workshops, and gun dog demonstrations, an indoor shooting range, activities for children, prizes for the whole family, the SSAA Shot Expo just keeps getting bigger. Rose Hill Racecourse, Sydney, June 25th and 26th. Supported by Swarovski, Winchester, and ATN Night Vision. Book online or pay on the day. Visit shotexpo.com.au. Looking for outdoor equipment for your next adventure? At Aussie Outdoor Gear, you can find cooking equipment, camo clothing for kids, backpacks, camo accessories and much more. We cater for your hunting, fishing, camping, hiking and other outdoor pursuits with our unique product range. AussieOutdoorGear.com.au Quality gear at affordable prices.
0: How does uh, the Australian Country Party work with farmers? And if so, like, in, in what capacity do they work with farmers? How do they... Why Why would, say, a farmer obviously vote for the Australian Country Party? and How can they help you know, our rural, uh, you know, people that are growing or, you know, maybe lambs or cows or whatever it may be? You know, how can the Australian Country Party help them?
1: Well, we've been involved, um, like I said, on council issues, uh, local government issues. Yep. Such as the right to farm okay we were we came out very strongly um, when we had an issue up here uh, with a beef farmer that the the town of ichuka had grown uh, quite close to his his boundary you know three generations of um, farmer and he was under the pump because he was um, he was farming and there was a perceived smell and um, yeah you know, so. That's local government policy. Where planning policy needs to be um, in line uh, with people's rights. So, um, uh, and then you know, farmers that have been established and the the urban fringe grows out to them. Well, uh, they shouldn't be um, you know just uh, written off because um, you know the the towns are approaching on them. They, there should be an ability to to understand that they're moving into a farming zone and be treated um, and understand that there are certain things that farmers do that may not not fit with their their ideas. Uh, We've been involved with farmers on on water issues. We're currently um, uh, working with other political parties and other minor parties on on trying to solve some of the uh, Murray-Darling Basin issues and uh, the connections uh, to the irrigation system issues. We've been working with them on feral animal control um, so um, we think there's a, a big role to play because especially farms around towns are uh, certainly seeing the effects of uh, dogs roaming around and and destroying stock. Yeah. And uh, like I said, we, we have been um, involved with CSG uh, mining. We don't want CSG mining full stop because uh, unfortunately... Uh, they can't show that it's safe, and we don't want our our aquifers our water aquifers polluted and I think we've, uh we've we want our farmers to be able to say yes or no to people entering their property to um do any sort of mining um preliminary work or uh, or any mining at all so there's a number of issues there that we we certainly are working with with farmers right at the moment right you know regardless of whether we've got politicians, but we are trying to represent them and we are trying to lobby on their behalf.
0: Yeah, Do you think farmers are doing it tough right now? And if so, in, in what sort of areas do you think?
1: Uh, a, lot, a lot of farmers are doing it tough. You know, I've, I've gone on about this water issue. That's certainly yep. a, a major one, but um, farmers are doing it tough from a number of reasons. They're, you know, they're competing with imported product, which is often inferior um, we've had the issue of those you know berries that were imported and
2: um, made a lot of people sick
1: um, we've we're currently going through one of our own issues with um, some uh, uh, lettuce uh, you know issue but that has to be tracked down and but we have you know our farming systems are, are well controlled you know we've got so many um, food safety things that we have to jump through hoops yet the products that we import don't don't have to jump through the same hoops. So we want a um, uh, and food labelling is the other issue that we we need to help our farmers because um, when our products go on the shelves, we proudly display them as made in Australia. Um, when product comes in from overseas, it's not that clear. And some of the proposed labelling, where it's uh, we're going to see you know 20% Australian origin or 50% Australian origin, well that's not good enough. We want to know what the other part of it is. You know, I don't want to be poisoned 20% or 50%. I want to know who and where it's grown and uh, have some confidence that I'm buying something I'm happy to put uh, on my table.
0: We know uh, across the country, you know, due to the, you know whether it's drought or, or issues with money, you know, some of our farmers are committing suicide. It's quite getting quite out of control at the moment. What can the government do, do you think? Um yeah, the major parties, the people that are elected, to try and help these people?
1: Well, look. Unfortunately, uh, you know, it's just happened recently up here with one of our farmers um, took his own life because he, he couldn't manage um, what was happening with his with his costs and his inability to um, to make a profit and so forth. And it's getting pretty tough. And I suppose um, you know, Australia is a, a land of droughts and flooding rains, and within that. Farming regime. Farmers do need help, uh, whether it's a, a drought or whether it's a flood, um, and whether it's it's financial. So, realistically, we need better, better policies that will be able to be triggered immediately. Because at the moment, um, we don't want farmers that are, are caught out by a natural disaster to wait months and months before something's uh, done for them. Uh, we need to have a quick response. It needs to be uh, tangible, not not something they have to uh, work hard and prove. And one thing that probably would help us is to to have a bank that is totally dedicated to um, to farming. And uh, so we would have um, low low interest loans um, and a very different system of um, guaranteeing um you know borrowings and so forth to understand you know the, the, the you know the differences that uh, are involved in farming versus you know a city business so I think if we look at those and and probably the other one that we really seriously have to do is is um, value our farmers you know I, I suppose you ate today did you Jason.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had I had yeah. Subway today actually, but <laughs> Subway. Well, it's probably American mate, you... actually, but
1: <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think you look at your Subway. You probably had the bread. Well, that's grown by Australian farmers and processed by Australian.
0: I had the chicken you know, fillet though, though which is, I think, is a bit processed. Though. I don't think... I'm not even sure it's chicken. But
1: <laughs> uh, well, the chicken, mate. You know, we have chicken farmers here, so you know, farming you know plays a part. You've you've had three meals today. You know, say a thank you to the farmers because they actually provided that food. Mm. Yeah, um, and had some cheese most too, I think, Australian. this
0: afternoon. I had um, some, some salmon, I think, too, which was... A bit of dairy and a bit
1: of, uh, you know, of fish farming, yes. so uh, um, You know, people don't understand it. They, they You know, people think food, well, food comes from either Subway or it comes from Kentucky Fried or it comes from McDonald's or it comes from the supermarket. But in reality, all food comes from farming.
0: Very interesting topic. So I always, you know, like, you know, when I go see, you know, farmers on their you know, New South Wales, sort of, you know, in the southern New South Wales or in Victoria or across the country, you know, I think we we definitely need to value them. You know, when I hear people committing suicide, it sort of pains me to know that that's happening, you know, and people, it's not really publicised, especially in the major, you know, media outlets. You know, people just think, yeah, go to Coles and Woolworths, and that's exactly where we're getting our food from in that little shrink-wrapped You know, meat area. It's just it's quite sad, really. But um...
1: it's it's unhelpful when people refer to farmers as whinging farmers because if you get a whinging farmer, there's usually a reason, and there's usually a legitimate reason. Uh, Farmers work hard, you know. They're um, uh, and um, there's so much variability. You know, they're they're probably the biggest risk takers um, in their in their job. You know, they uh, you know the weather is uh, a critical thing for them. So. You know, when you when you sow a crop, you know you're you're going you're spending a lot of money putting it in the ground, and then it's wishing and hoping that you get enough rain so you get some, you get production at the other end. And these are the things that a lot of people don't understand. You know, and um, we've got to stand behind our farmers. So they they uh, do a great job, and they're a totally renewable industry. And um, you know, people like uh, our parliamentarians um, should be. Uh, when they eat their food in their canteens and in their restaurants in, in Parliament House and um, and so forth. They should be demanding that uh, Australian uh, grown, Australian made is, is on their plate.
0: How do they remain competitive though? I know I have discussions with people a lot and they're purely on price only, whether it's imported or not imported. What, how can we import something and then sometimes actually send the product from Australia to overseas to be processed, then back to Australia and it's still cheaper to do that. I mean, how can our farmers remain competitive with that market? What should we be doing in that area uh, to stop that? I mean, some people, I understand some people, You know, like myself, I've got a a good job, no doubt, like you, Rob, too, but some people don't have good jobs, you know, and they can't afford, you know, $15 a kilo for steaks, $20 a kilo or $30 a kilo for for salmon. Uh, You know, they need that, you know, $5 to $10 option, uh, which unfortunately is from imported products. How do we deal with this situation yet still try and support our farmers?
1: Yeah, that's a very good one, mate. Um, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, ban imported food. Uh, Certainly not. And um, certainly, people on a budget uh, will most likely not worry about country of origin. They, they're worried about feeding their, themselves and feeding their family. So, uh, at, a, at a price. So, no, I, 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 I totally agree. Um, you know, we don't uh, we don't propose banning imported foods. But uh, what, what's happening is that we are made to compete with uh, countries that don't have the same work. Uh, standards as we have you know we enjoy certain standards like a minimum wage and we we have superannuation and we have work safe Uh, we we have holiday pay Um, and other countries uh, they don't have those things and and you know our wages okay they may be a problem you know this is why you you said that things are taken away overseas and then brought back and sold um, it's usually because the on costs for those companies that are, are processing uh, are cheaper overseas but um, you know we, we've got to look at it uh, from a, a very broad angle and say do we want to change our standards of living do we want to reduce our salaries and our conditions and our and our also our quality standards when we grow food um, or you know do we want to Somehow change uh, what we're doing on the import side. So it's it's a topic for discussion, really. That do we do we give some sort of protection for our own farmers, and and not just because uh, you know we want to have Australian food, but there, there's a there's a thing called food security. Um, Australia has been very very lucky that in in uh, you know we have not gone without food. Um, You know, there's countries overseas that with wars and so forth, they um, have been deprived of food and they've had famines and so forth. We have not had that experience. And food security should be one of the prime things that politicians should be looking at our own agricultural industries and saying, Okay, we want to protect our agricultural industries because we understand that there is a food security issue. If war breaks out somewhere and we're just dependent on imports, well, we'll probably suffer the same thing as as starvation and and so forth. We don't want that to happen.
0: Very good. Now, good, I think it's a very interesting uh, topic there. I know I I have this discussion with a lot of people, uh, and they're purely about money because, you know, they don't earn, you know, they're on very limited incomes, maybe a single income. You know, family, couple of kids, trying to pay a mortgage, but also they want to support the farmers. You know, uh, their rural farmers, you know, across the country. So, can be can be quite difficult, but also too they're trying to make ends meet at the same time. So, but um, I wanted to talk about, let's say, uh, the Australian Country Party. It I want to talk on a state level here. Got some representatives. Say at the next election, I know it's probably two or three years away yet. Um, what would you what proposes because we're going to go into gun laws in a minute which you know a lot of my listeners do like and i like myself actually but uh, what proposed changes to the current hunting system would the australian country party you know put forward say if it was elected the next election
1: well the only the only change i, I think um you know we've got a fairly well controlled regulated uh hunting system it's it's just that um you know you mentioned about the duck season that you know certain parties want to want to ban it um but the the logic in in any um you know wildlife hunting is numbers and sustainability of those numbers and um you know how long have we been shooting ducks uh, jason uh, we've been shooting ducks for a very 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 long time and the, that sort of um uh, side of the, the shooting equation has been well managed with with monitoring duck numbers on the ground not flying over and uh you know putting your finger out the out the window and saying no there's no there's none over here um you know it's got to be sensible there's got to be the only thing that's uh you know that we look at is um, you know, bag limits and and season lengths and uh, and uh, you know, if that's really a, a, a dire situation where there's no water and there's no birds, well, you know, uh, you know the possibility of no season, uh, which has happened in the past, um, many many years ago, we had no season because it was so bad. Um, but um, I think you know, regulations uh, so far, regulations are good as long as they're they're carried out sensibly. Um, the only change I'd make is we we are seeing a significant increase in deer numbers and uh, we need to look at a, uh, at a proper approach to um, to reduce some of the deer numbers because uh, they're going to become a, a hazard on roads and they are um, actually destroying um, uh, habitat and, and trees and so forth um, and I, I know the highland cattle were being blamed for that sort of activity but it was actually, you know, deers that were, that were doing that. Um, uh, I think, um, you know, the, the, the shooters that um, are interested in, in deer shooting, uh, whether it's a seasonal extension or whether we have professional shooters to go in and, and, and help um, re- reduce some of the numbers, uh, we're seeing deer uh, where we never saw, saw them before. You know, they're, they're right... They used to be up in the highlands. Now they're virtually, um, you know, right down on the river flats of the Golden River. Uh, we've seen them. Um but um, feral animal control is is where I think we need to spend a bit of time uh, reviewing that because we are seeing uh, a great increase in in wild pig numbers and goats, um, and certainly with wild dogs and and with fox control, we we need to uh, to introduce uh, something a, a bit more efficient there. So it'd be working with with shooting organisations and. Um, Government departments to come up with a with a better uh, way of controlling um, those issues, but um, I, I think you know certainly we're very much pro pro shooting and pro um, uh, you know certainly pro seasons on on certain species. So um, uh, a little bit of change, I think, is what we'd like to introduce.
2: Do you hunt deer and want to learn the correct techniques for a quality wall mount and premium eating venison? Double Sydney branch provides hunter education courses to help you become a better hunter and to utilize harvested game in the most effective way possible. Course content includes gunning, butchering, and caping from experienced hands-on instructors using
1: locally harvested deer. There is no gear required and also includes a barbecue lunch. Courses are held every first Sunday of each month with an
2: 8am sign-in for a a 9am start. Course running time is approximately 6 hours and the venue is Silverdale Rifle Range. Cost is $50 per person, so call Andy Mallon at Silverdale Rifle Range on 024653 1440 or visit sydney.net.
0: Uh, What about the current situation uh, with with firearms laws at the moment? Um, What changes would uh, the Australian Country Party propose, Uh, if any? It's a hot topic at the moment, especially all the terrorist activity, the the Adela shotgun debacle that's happening across the country people often say you know, and this was a perfect example Robert I think um, people say well gun laws are a state issue and whilst I agree with that Tony Abbott literally banned the import of the seven-shot Adler literally overnight uh, so I'm starting to think it's not exactly always a state issue that everyone makes it out to be because when they want to act absolutely they act and they act quick uh, so again what changes would uh, they make um, I'm talking You know, firearms registration. I'm talking the current categories of firearms. We know uh, shooters, obviously, in Victoria, you know, where you're from, obviously had great times, you know, shooting pump action, semi-automatic shotguns at Ducks wasn't a problem before 1996. Uh, Happening across the world, New Zealand, Canada, most of Europe, depending on which country you're from, not an issue. Um, what, What would the Australian country party just give us your sort of ideas on the current situation in regards to gun laws?
1: Before you, um, you know, before you look at making changes, especially you know the the knee-jerk reactions that we've seen on on uh, firearms issues, uh, especially you know the gun buybacks, um, you know, when everyone lost their pump-action shotguns and and uh, auto shotguns, uh, you know, that was a, a very sad period for um, for keen shooters um, and probably very unnecessary. Um, the the uh, you know the knee-jerk reaction on the Adler, um, you know the current legislation uh, is actually allows for guns like the Adler uh, to um, to be used, and um, I, I don't think the current laws need changing in terms of legitimate uh, gun owners, registered gun owners, um, but I think the law needs changing when guns are used illegally so you know what what i've uh what we've looked at is um you know when people use unregistered firearms um, when they uh, use illegal firearms in any sort of uh crime, then the punishment has got to be quite severe because that's where the problem lies you know like um, I, I really laugh that the Greens' policy um, before the state election—I think they tried to run on banning um, uh, semi-automatic um, rifles, no, semi-automatic pistols, or um, Uzi-type weapons from um, from being available to uh, to shooters. Now, the only people with those sort of weapons are criminals. So, you know, good luck with the Greens policy. They can go out and, and get the criminals to hand over their illegal weapons. That would be great. Mm. But, um, no, I think there needs to be, uh, you know, just discussion between gun gun owners, gun groups um, and associations and government if there's any change in, in laws. But I think right at the moment with registered firearms and... How we look after them and and so forth. I think um, I think things are, are, are reasonable. Apart from, I would really love my uh, five shot auto back.
0: So, in saying that, registration is that something that the the Australian Country Party uh, agrees with, or because we know there was um, two interesting story. You pop, you might know who they are anyway, because they're sort of down from Victoria. There was two guys that made some very controversial. Uh, comments in regards to the Adler shotgun. They were shooters. Uh, they were subsequently um, given notice from the club. I won't say who the club was that they attended because it reflected, unfortunately, pretty badly on the club they attended. Uh, they made some very interesting comments regarding the Adler shotgun that people shouldn't have access to these firearms. I um, mean, these are apparently are shooters themselves. Um, I know I spoke to uh, Rod Drew from, from you know he was formerly a Field and Game Australia. Great chat with Rod about these comments about these people being part of this uh, uh, shooting organisation, um, and there actually very much it was a huge media backlash on Facebook in regards to the comments they made. Which is good because I think you know if you're a shooter, you should be supporting you know all facets of shooting. It doesn't matter if you're clay target shooter, doesn't matter if you're a quail shooter, pistol shooter. We all need to support each other. So. I want to throw a few things at you, but saying, you know, registration, first getting back to the core question, is that something... Are you happy with the current system of registration? Because, again, I know my... People that listen to this show are sort of, you know, very pro-firearm. They want their rights back. They... Including myself, you know And I mean? I wasn't you know, old enough in, in my time to, you know, own those sort of firearms.
1: Well, look, let let's, let me just tackle the Adler issue. I, I mean, when, when that came out, and, you know, look, I, I won't... Um, I, I can't support the comment that you you said was made about it because, you know, when the media asks you a question and uh, you know people are caught on the hop, you know they might they might say the wrong thing. So, you know that that guy that um, got a caning, well, you know hopefully he's um, he's had a bit of a rethink. But, um, you know, un- under current <laughs> current laws, you know the Adler is is uh, is okay to to be used, and I've got absolutely no problem with that particular gun. Um, <laughs> registrations well you know how long have we been registering our guns for and you know i just bought a gun probably uh three weeks ago um you know had to go through registration process Uh, i don't think it's highly onerous jason i i I think right at the moment um you know that's that's fine it's a way of tracking tracking guns Uh, you know if we if we're worried about a big brother sort of approach um you know that might might be a separate issue but um you know I don't think the process at the moment where you you have to go for a firearm safety and and then you've you know you can uh get a you know a, an ability to purchase a gun and, and so forth and then you have to register it and um i I think you know we're we're jumping through a fair few hoops already and I think it's probably not too onerous um mm. So what, what do you think probably, about
0: that in regards to places like Canada, who just recently abolished firearms registration? New Zealand don't have it; they have an array of semi-automatic shotguns, pump shotguns, AR-15s, etc. it's not an issue there. So why wouldn't that work here?
1: Well, Jason, that's that's probably something for discussion. But what I'm, you know, the only thing I would say is that we have a registration system. The only the only benefit of registration I can see is if someone pinches a gun. It uh, can be, you know, can be tracked through a registration system unless they you know, remove all the all the numbers and so forth. But I mean, you know, a lot of the criminal elements are, are chasing more than a, a 22 or or a shot, you know, 12 gauge shotgun. They're, they're chasing, you know, probably military style stuff and pistols and, um, you know, which is a lot harder to to acquire anyway. But they'd um, have to import them illegally which is being done unfortunately but um they're the sort around of Victoria
0: too they were doing a lot of um people saying you know registration the it was compromised I mean I just I'm hearing a lot of stories especially in New South Wales too a lot uh, especially New South Wales and also rural Victoria where um our farmers are quite irregularly I think are getting are starting to get their firearms pinched from people people are breaking in specifically only to steal firearms. So I think, you know, I'm a bit sceptical about, you know, storing information on a database, you know, that that criminals can get access to. I'm not saying it hasn't. I don't have the proof. I mean, I don't think the government would even admit if it has been, you know, compromised. I mean, in New South Wales, we've seen here, they actually um, downloaded... Uh, some of the, some of the, or if not all of the access to people's firearms details onto a database that anyone could get access to. I mean, and going to people's properties, radioing back in on a radio saying I'm I'm at such and such an address doing a safe storage inspection. Two days later, that person gets broken into and firearms stolen. Um, you know, I know a guy just in Victoria had his. He was lives in Melton. He had his firearms stolen. Um, we were able to help him. You know, through a couple of good companies to get him a few safes, spike a lock away to donate some safes to this young guy. So I just can't see any benefits to it. You know, can't see any benefits.
1: Well, look, I, I think um, there are some benefits in in terms of. Uh, you know, on your own premises, keeping your guns, you uh, know, safe, yep. in a safe place. You know, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, the criminal element, um, you know, is is able to do a lot of things to, you know, to gain access where, yep. you know, the, the average person won't. So maybe a little bit of um, what we're seeing with gun safety is, um, um, you know, with with, um, you know, some of the regulations, it's actually preventing. Uh, law-abiding people from from doing the wrong thing. So in in your home, I'm not sure if you've got young kids, mm. but you know, having a, a, a gun safe will probably stop them accessing it, or you know, uh, someone's friend accessing yeah. it. It may not stop the cr- criminal element, but um, you know, what are we trying to do, Jason? I, I mean, I think it needs a bit more discussion. I'm I'm not, I'm not convinced that we, you know, one way or the other. Uh, I, from my perspective, like I said, I haven't found registration onerous. Um, if it creates other problems, I'd be happy to to, um, to look at them and. Uh you know, we're into common sense solutions. We're not into airy fairy solutions.
0: So, say tomorrow you 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 had a representative in state par state parliament, or, or, or federal. I guess we could say it's a federal issue too, somewhat. And they said we're going to allow you know the average hunter and shooter to get their pump shotguns and semi autos back. What would the Australian Country Party say about that? Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Some people, I hear these people saying, oh, you know, they're going to take the Adler duck hunting. I mean, you know, Robert, so what if someone wants to take an Adler duck hunting? Why can't, you know, I get this conversation all the time with people. They say, oh, you know, you should take your side by side. You're under and over. They're much better. And maybe that is true. Maybe, Maybe it's not true, you know. But if someone's enjoying themselves, let's say they, I hear this all the time with pistol shooters, you know, a person wants to buy... You know, a Desert Eagle, yeah, it's a bit of a fun gun and, and people often, often because they don't shoot a particular firearm, don't want someone else to have that or try and steer them away from a certain type of firearm. I mean, what happened to good old-fashioned enjoying your shooting? You know, if I want to get out there and shoot an Adler or a single shot, why can't I do If it's legal, why can't I do that?
1: Uh, I would have no complaint about what you've just said, Jason. Um, <laughs> in reality, I, I like I said, I really miss um, my gas-operated um, five-shot. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, like I can go and get a C license, I suppose. But um, look, the, even the, this this year's duck season, if I can't shoot my bag, you know, we've got a we've got a hell of a lot of wood ducks up here. Um, if I can't shoot my bag with my um, under and over or side by side, then uh, I'll go he. But um, you know, it's it's what you like shooting with, and and I really like shooting with my uh, uh, my auto. Um, I certainly miss it, the low recoil, and uh, um, especially when a mob of ducks came over, you you might do uh, you might do a bit more damage than, than just one or two. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, you know, I I agree. I mean, you know, we should we should have access to. Um, to guns especially we're well regulated um i, I can't see a real issue there
0: I, know, cause I was having this conversation, another conversation uh, some time ago with someone that said, well, you know, the Greens, especially with the Adler, the Greens say, well, this shoots too many. Well, I'm not sure what the difference between seven shots and five shots really is at the end of the day. But, you know, whilst uh, the Greens are saying, well, this is this is, this is like a pump-action shotgun, you know, in, in amount the amount of rounds that it can shoot. So whilst they're saying it's like a pump-action too, I mean, again, I, I had this conversation with a friend, what's the difference? If we can have that, why can't I have the pump? action i mean there's not really much of a difference very similar-ish operation instead of pumping forward you're levering down and up five shot pump five shot adler very similar you know we seem to you know especially gun owners seem to be wanted defending
1: i'm not worried about the gun you know i'm I'm totally not worried about the gun what what are these people worried about they worried they worried about you are they worried about me are they worried about uh, you know how many thousands of the registered shooters? Are they? Are they? Are they worried we're going to do something silly, um, or are they worried about the an element in society which is uh, able to get guns uh, regardless of whether you know they're registered or whether they're, you know but mm. there there are people out there that own guns that um, are, are known criminals and uh, have criminal intent, and they have got those guns um you know through illicit means so who you know they're the people that you know we're not wanting to protect ourselves from fellow shooters we're wanting to protect ourselves from the criminal element
0: very true rob we've got a segment here five questions uh in under a minute do you think you'll be able to take the challenge
1: okay do i win a prize
0: well, you can, yeah, it's just kudos, you know, just respect, that's that—that's what you win. <laughs> no worries,
1: give it, give it a try,
0: mate. Three, two, one, go. Alright, best part about being with the Australian Country Party, what is it and why?
1: I suppose it's uh, being with a lot of uh, like-minded people and uh, trying to do uh, things that will improve um, Australia and, and regional uh, areas.
0: Favourite aspect of hunting, what is it and why?
1: Uh, I suppose the mateship, uh, catching up with your mates and the night before and, you know, your planning.
0: Favourite firearm you own of all time, what is it and why?
1: Uh, five-shot SKB auto. Uh, And why? Because it was a ripper gun and, um, uh, I shot so well with it. Uh,
0: if you could hunt anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? Mm, oh,
1: well, um, everywhere that I've hunted in the past, mate, so, uh... Yeah, I, I really enjoy um, hunting in Victoria.
0: Biggest and most important thing to you as part of the Australian Country Party you'd push if in Parliament, what is it and why?
1: I think uh, uh, fairness fairness issues on uh, employment and business and agricultural issues.
0: 120, oh no!
1: <laughs> what
0: happened? I bugged it up. <laughs> no, I, uh, I've had a lot of people that have, I, when I originally started, a lot of people would know this when I started. I think it was five questions in under five minutes, I think I did. And then, you know, people, I was like five questions in under a minute that it started and people were going to like three and four minutes. I'm like, oh, maybe I'm going to have to make it five questions in under five minutes. But <laughs> then I, I kept it going and then as I progressed, people have gotten better and, um, a lot of people recently have, have aced it. So unfortunately, you didn't ace it, Rob, So, but that's okay. Uh, you know, there's plenty of... Shame. You know, if you ever come back on in the future, you can you know, have another stab at it and uh, see if you can uh, come off victorious.
1: I'll give give one-word answers, which don't mean anything.
0: <laughs> no, we always like good answers for my listeners here. Mate, tell us a story to finish off. Um, yeah, maybe a hunting story, professional story, something that you'll be able to... We want to know time of day, you know, summer, winter, what happened. We you know, just, The listeners want to feel like they're in this story, so tell us something to finish off, please. Thank you.
1: Um, I suppose a, a good story from my behalf was... Uh, When I was about 16 years old, and I was going, um, I was in uh, Alexandra High School as a schoolboy, and a very keen clay target shooter. uh, Our gun club uh, had relocated to another place, and we had traps down the line, traps uh, with lights on um, on one of the uh, one of the traps, and we had a big gun shoot. uh, So this is back in the 70s. and uh, uh, we had a all-day shoot Um, i think i shot the possible in every event and the final event was uh, the first prize was a um, uh, an under and over gun and i managed to shoot 66 straight and uh and take home the maruku 800w so um, i suppose that's something that's going to stick in my mind forever we started off in daylight uh, shot all day, ended up shooting um, uh, in uh, under lights, um, and uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, pull the trigger on the 66 target and, and, and powder it and, uh, and win the under and over.
0: Very interesting to, fi- to finish off. I guess another question, quick one. You know, what would you say to people that um, you know are looking at the Australian Country Party? Yeah, you know, they're not sure whether to vote for you. you know, sell it to the listeners. Why should they vote for the Australian Country Party?
1: Well, the Australian Country Party is uh, a party that is truly representative of rural country Victoria and for people with rural and country interests. So uh, people in the city, um, we are there for you in terms of food security, food safety and um, in your recreational sports uh, in the country we're there to support uh, all communities farmers and businesses up here uh to make sure that um uh, things are done right for them and they are actually listened to and, and appropriate policies are developed to uh, to improve our country not to run it down
0: excellent robert danielle joins us here on the australian hunting podcast representing the australian country party robert thanks for your time i enjoyed myself having a chat today thanks thanks a lot jason You've just been educated, and this is the Australian Hunting Podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next time.